0: You had me at Curia Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Camilleri, and today we're talking about Curia's November collection, Food for Thought, a collection of films dedicated to eating in a time of year that is usually dedicated to eating. I'm joined by uh, Jared Neese from Curia. Jared, good to have you. How are you? Uh,
1: Great, I'm doing great, Ricky. Thanks for
0: having me. Jared, you have your own personal history with with food, right? You're a foodie (laughs) and uh, you've worked in food docs before, right?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I grew up um, in working in restaurants, um, both uh, front of the house and back of the house. Uh, and about 20 years ago, maybe more now, uh, we started a, a food blog called Taco Journalism. Uh, me and some friends and. That morphed into a uh, a couple books. We did a book about Austin breakfast tacos. And then we took a a 7,000 mile road trip within the state of Texas and wrote the Tacos of Texas, uh, this 500 page book about all the tacos and different styles and regions of Texas tacos. Uh, And then that turned into a a PBS uh, short doc series. Uh, And then we did, we branched out with uh, the El Rey network and, and Univision to Uh, create uh, two seasons of a show called United united tacos of america where we went across the united states and looking at different cultures taco cultures and you know using the taco as kind of the trojan horse to to learn about more about the culture of people making the tacos and you know kind of the it's not just uh you know the you know the 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 money shots of the food it's more about like who's actually making the food where did it come from how did these people get to these regions in america where you don't normally find taco like how is louisville kentucky a, a major hotspot for mexican food I and mean, when they call it you know mexington and uh, all these places so it's uh it's definitely been exciting to be able to to learn about uh tacos in that way but you know in addition to tacos it's it, it kind of takes you on a a bigger trip of what is um, how do how is food associated with culture and and how are um, people defined by that and and what does it mean when uh, you know people who aren't from that culture cook that food and and how do you respect that without you know bastardizing it or or being um, you know enough with the word for I can't think right now <laughs> 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 two minutes
0: you said that uh, you, you said that you grew up, you know, working in restaurants. I have to say, I did as well. And as an adult, uh, a golden rule of mine is that I don't really trust anybody that hasn't worked in a restaurant. Like it should be
1: like the Peace Corps, or so like it should be like the yes. Israeli Army. Like everyone should have to work in a restaurant for at least yes. two years, just so you have some idea of what it's like. like it's, it's you know you. I don't. I don't think I'm friends with anyone who who like uh, doesn't tip well or or. Oh thinks, my god! You know, it's like I oh. Have you ever? I've never gone to more than one meal with a person who, ever, whoever like tried to stiff a waitress or a, a server.
0: Do you, you know. like the amount of bad a a server has to do to me to receive less than twenty percent is is honestly unknown <laughs> to me because I don't think I've ever tipped less than twenty percent. But we are talking about a, a, a number of films, a collection of films called Food for Thought. Uh, let's just briefly list some of these films. We can talk about them. And then we're, what we're really gonna talk about are three of the films that are part of a series uh, that stars Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden. I'll let the listener guess what films those are. Uh, so the first film is Chef Flynn from 2018. I hated
1: having to be at school eight hours a day. I would just be drawing dishes, not really focused on what I was doing there. And I asked my mom, can I be homeschooled?
0: Welcome to my bedroom slash workspace. My sous supreme juicer and my math book, which would go away.
1: It was mostly friends in the beginning.
0: Welcome to Eureka. Friends of friends, and then friends of friends of friends. It just kept growing. This is a deconstructed Caesar salad. On top is Parmesan jelly. Jared, why don't you tell me a little bit about what Chef Flynn is? Uh,
1: chef Flynn is a documentary about a young chef. Uh, his name's Flynn, uh, and when, you know, when we say young, we mean like you know, he's uh, maybe not even in high school yet when this uh, when they start this documentary. But he is. He loves film. He loves food he loves making food. He loves, you know, but, but to the point where like he wants to be a chef, he wants to cook for his parents' friends. He starts having dinner parties and, uh, and the, and they kind of get more elaborate and then they kind of become a thing. And then it's like a hot ticket. And then, you know, how do you translate that into a a restaurant? And then, you know, as a young kid going into these established restaurants where there's so much hierarchy and, um, you know, putting in your work, like you know, for lack of a better word, like uh, putting in your your dues. You know, at these restaurants, that this kid comes in and they, you know, so but 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 he has skills and he has talent, and uh, you know, it, it's a really interesting doc, uh, you know, just about the restaurant industry and uh, you know, growing up in it and you know, being a part of it.
0: And uh, the next film on the list is City of Gold from 2016.
1: I remember the first time I went to a Jonathan Gold approved restaurant from the LA Weekly and you drive into a mini mall and you're like, really? Restaurants and food experiences that other people weren't writing about, he gave it value. It takes great storytelling to elevate food criticism to what Jonathan does. David! Jonathan was the first Lutzer Prize winner for food criticism. He brings you to his table i do all the stuff you're supposed to do i always reserve under different names um, tell know. me a little bit
0: about city gold
1: sure jonathan gold uh, amazing writer uh passed away a few years ago uh he was the the guy the food writer for ellie ellie times ellie weekly i should probably know that um but he was one of the you know like a Ruth Reichel or somebody where they're going in and they're, it's not just about fine dining. It's about, you know, the food of the people. And so he goes to, you know, food trucks, he goes to mom and pop places, hole in the walls. Uh, You know, he's looking for the best food in LA and it's not just at the fine dining restaurants. And, you know, that was, you know, for me growing up, it was a real revelation to see someone like him write about food in a way where it was, you know, like, Oh, you can review a taco stand, you know the way you would review a Michelin star restaurant, and he he cared about it that much, and you know he he really you know was a ambassador for these uh, for these chefs for these uh, for these tours and uh, you know he's definitely missed. Yeah, says, it says a, a lot. Yeah. Says uh, a lot. So
0: the next film is a uh, El Bully, cooking in progress.
1: El Bully. Uh El a, Bully. A, Por ejemplo, uno cuando va a comer va a comer en restaurantes vanguardia. Hay lo que se llama la emoción creativa. Una cosa de qué bueno es tal. Esta cosa es una... It is a uh, El Bulli was a really famous restaurant in uh, Spain um, for Adrian, who's you know arguably one of the best chefs in the world. Um, it, it's more of like a experience. It was this, you know, I think upwards of twenty courses. Uh, lots of money, obviously. It wasn't accessible by any means, but it was, you know, one of these places in the world of fine dining where, you know, it was almost like a, a pilgrimage. You went, you know, if you could get to El Bull. I never went, you know, but I've eaten at some of his restaurants in Spain. Um, and so I can imagine what, the, what that was like. But uh, there there are many many uh, documentaries about fernand Adrian. this one is probably the best in my opinion it just kind of shows you know what it what it go what goes into creating that 20 course meal what all the steps involved all the people involved all the thought involved and you know it, it's it's a you know it's almost like immersive uh, dining too there's there's mp3 players and there's you know so many things happening so uh it'll get you really hungry. So it's a a really good film.
0: I think most of these documentaries will get you pretty hungry. Um, Talk to me about the next one, which I think is going to be another name that I mispronounce. Uh, King George from 2016. I'm not like everybody else. We're losing time here. Time is money. Go to work at 4 o'clock. Come
1: back at 1 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing here? A chef doesn't have a normal life. But I love it. Uh, King George is another film about a, um, you know, it's a, another uh, uh, chef, uh, mm-hmm. and it was about this uh, documentary about the little little the end at Little Washington, uh, Chef Patrick O'Connell, and uh, you know, it's it's a kind of uh, what it's like to be a chef uh, and in the and to be you know one of the biggest restaurants in the culinary world. It's one of our you know a film from IFC. Uh, I I have seen Kino are pretty heavily involved with with this collection and they have a lot of great taste when it comes to picking up these kinds of films.
0: And another one is uh, The Goddesses of Food.
1: We have this conversation with each other often about when we're writing menus and and
0: sort of putting prices on things. Sometimes I think, well, if a man had written this menu, he would have charged 50% more for everything than we're charging.
1: Journalist kind of goes and investigates uh, like what holds female chefs back, and you know what can be done to you know make them more uh, you know more prominent, more uh, you know equal footing in in the in the the fine dining world in particular.
0: And we have the search for General So from 2015, and Steak Revolution, and Sushi: The Global Catch. For some reason, I am combining the three of those into one. (laughs) Conversation.
1: <laughs> well, they're all looking at, at different, you know they're looking at food and they're looking at you know the evolution um, of the food from uh, you know how it was eating, how how it is eaten, uh, how it's farmed, how it's raised. Uh, you know the search for general toe is um, um, really great do- really great documentarian who did uh, Ian Cheney who did films like the city dark and and King Corn. Uh, which looked at corn syrup. And so he, he's had this history of, of looking at films about uh, looking at food through the lens of, uh, you know, kind of an investigative journalism lens. And, and I think this really, this is about kind of Chinese food in America, you know, Chinese American food in particular. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's not just the one dish. It's more about kind of bigger. The steak revolution is just kind of uh, the, the meat that we eat and, and how, it, how it gets to our plate. Uh, sushi is kind of the same thing when it comes to, Fish and overfishing, and um, and how big you know the sushi boom has happened in the, in the in the in the in the I don't know the past you know decade or
0: so. So we've got uh, chicken, steak, and fish.
1: Yeah, the, so it's a uh, surf and turf.
0: Yeah, there, exactly. There. <laughs> exactly. And now uh, I think to the uh, all the movies are great, but the creme de la creme <laughs> of this section, which is uh, Michael Winterbottom's uh, films based off the. TV shows or kind of the TV shows cut into the films uh, starring Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden, The Trip, The Trip to Italy and The Trip to Spain, 2011, 2014 and 2017. Hey, Rob, Steve. Oh, hiya. How are you? Are you free? go away. Um, It's a job. It's
1: kind of a tour. Really good restaurants. Why me? Uh, Misha can't come and I don't want to go alone. I've uh, asked other people, but they're all too busy. So, you know, do you want to come? Should be two rooms under the name Coogan.
0: We only have one double room. What do you think's going to happen?
1: You might touch my bottom. Were you an altar boy?
0: What do you got? Plenty of heat in my scallops. Heat Pacino.
1: I've not heard your Michael Caine, but I assume it would be something along the lines of... My name's Michael Caine.
0: You were so wrong. Michael Caine used to talk like this. It's not quite nasal enough, the way you're doing it. When it gets loudly, it gets very loud indeed. (sighs) And you don't do the broken voice. But it gets very emotional. Cheers. Taste of a childhood garden.
1: Was there a lot of alcohol in your garden as a child? I'm sorry, Rob. They always say something like, Gentlemen to bed, before we leave at first light. No, they never leave at 9.30. <laughs> Gentlemen to bed, for we leave at 9.30. Ish.
0: Ish. Don't you find it exhausting running around chasing I girls? Around. I don't chase them. Oh, dear me. But Don't you find it all like, that exhausting at your age? Everything's exhausting past 40. oh ho! I'm with a short Welsh man who does impressions. It's not fun. Have you been doing drugs? Sex between two people is a wonderful thing. Between three, it's terrific. Pithy, vaguely amusing, a cry for help. If you were to allow your child to have an illness, you could win Oscar Best Actor. That's disgusting. I not
1: want, a, not a, What not... kind of illness? I want a room with a view. I want to see a tree. I'd like a vodka martini. Shake a butt She was only 16 years old. I directed the whole
0: movie. Oh,
1: How's the trip been?
0: I can honestly say it's one of the most enjoyable periods of my life. I love these films, and prior to recording this, uh, I had never seen them, and I watched all three of them just before we recorded them. I had never seen them. I'd always meant to, and they are so lovely and fun and... Everything about them feels perfect in a way. It knows exact. They know exactly when to insert the uh-huh. sort of dr- dramatic hybrid elements, so that there's just a little more bubbling underneath the surface of the movie than just these two guys hanging out. Yet at the same time, just these two guys hanging out is quite fun and enjoyable uh, to watch. What is what is your relationship to, to to these movies, Jared?
1: I mean, my relationship is just a fan, as as you are now. Um, You know, I've been a fan of of Michael Winterbottom, uh, you know, maybe before 24-Hour Party People, but definitely, you know, 24-Hour Party People and, you know, uh, Wonderland and and films like that. Uh, So I think it it says a lot that he is the director of this, which is normally, you know, he's normally a uh, a narrative director. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, the fact that he directed all of them, so they have that continuity they have that kind of like, you know, that one vision as far as it goes. And it has to be all three of them, too, you know, Rob and Steve and Michael. Um, you know, I love film. I love food. I love travel. <laughs> I love Europe. So there's a lot of things, you know, that is just it's, it's, a easy, it's an easy sell for me. Um, and you know, even if it was just that, it would be great, but it's so much more than that. It's more about, you know, they get really deep sometimes and talking about life and, you know, uh, you know, existence and, you know, what it's like to be, uh, you know, an aging, uh, what it's like to grow old, what it's like to, uh, have relationships and how do you maintain those relationships. And, uh, but then obviously there's a lot of just funny, you know, uh, the the impersonations are, are obviously the highlight the uh, you know the, just them you know goofing along and, and like you know giving each other you uh, I guess shit for the lack of a better word. <laughs> uh,
0: I really um, love, I really love, and we're not even really talking about the food elements of the movie. No, it's not Uh so big the of a point. part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, we were, we were saying before that, like our last week on, on last week's podcast, we were saying that they eat this incredible food and drink this incredible wine and you see it kind of being prepared, but these guys never really talk about the food <laughs> at all. They don't even really ask what it is. It just gets put in front of them and they eat it. And they're ostensibly there to write about the food, but you never hear of anything that they write. But what I really like is this, this depiction of, and I know it's hybrid and I'm sure in some ways it's very close to their personalities, but, um, emphasize like, you know, dramatic points emphasized, but, uh, this idea of these two different types of, of, of men, uh, the, the, the sort of the Rob Bryden character as this person who genuinely loves life and gives a lot to it and gets a lot in return. And you see that in his relationship with his wife. And you also see that in his comfort with, with, with himself and with those around him. Whereas the Coogan character is search consistently searching for validation and that, that, that search for validation weighs his ability to be happy down and rob just exists as this happy character and it really feels like two sides of one one brain like who you can become if you're trapped in one one element of yourself and who you can be and the sort of fantasy ideal of what you could become if you're able to remove that that idea like coogan almost allowing himself to be a sort of um like a warning sign for (laughs) for male actors and 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 comedians uh with that character, I'm not sure how close to, to to the bone that is for him, but it seems like it, it's it's probably a lot of his own personal fears about himself.
1: And they talk about how these characters are exaggerations of their you know relationship and and of themselves, and so you know it's good to know that they are exaggerated, but it's also interesting because Steve is the more famous actor, uh, you know, probably the wealthier actor when it comes to that. Uh, but he's definitely not as happy as as Rob is because Rob is you know he is like more of the grinder more of like you know doing maybe smaller roles maybe doing more more theater more uh you know more more of the the headier stuff and you know but he's he's you know way more content way more just like uh he's just happier'll <laughs> well, a- do
0: like they t- and they think they reference it like he'll do what I think you know the 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 sort of intelligentsia of, of the UK find to be kind of uh, uh, lame is like he'll do panel shows, right? He'll do British right. panel panel shows and, and quiz shows and stuff like that, whereas Coogan, Coogan mocks those. But in each movie, Coogan is either bragging about a recent success and struggling to get the next one or just struggling to get the next success right like in one of them mm-hmm. he's talking he can't stop talking about philomena and being nominated for oscars and like visiting the pope but at the same time he's still not happy about it he's it didn't win so he's still not that happy right and he's always kind of talking about how he's succeeding but around the corner it's it's just not it's never going to be enough for him
1: yeah it's a lot about his relationships too and you know Various women throughout the, the the three movies, and you know it's always, uh, you know, Rob's always going home to his wife and family, and 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 Steve's usually going home to to an empty empty loft or yeah. something. You know? <laughs> At the end
0: of the first movie, where Rob is playing with his kids, and he just cuts <laughs> to Steve Guggen alone in this like. <laughs> airless like you know floor to ceiling windowed, like penthouse loft and he just looks like such a like such a sad loser yeah um and then uh so the trip being the first one from 2011 um and then the trip to italy being the second one uh talk to me about uh how the film uh how the series changes if at all from from the first to the second
1: I mean, you know, I think that they, they they lean more into the hybrid aspect of it. The farther they go along, they, they're trying to, you know, it, it must be hard because these were originally all TV series. These were all cut up into individuals' episodes, and then they, um, they edited them into these films. Um, you know, I feel that they all, like, you could just keep playing them from the first to the end, and, and it, it would just be one long road trip. Uh, obviously they're you know the storylines change and the characters you know that are they're interacting with changes um, but I don't you know I don't see them as that different <laughs> as far as you know it's just this one big trip they're on and where they're at all, almost is inconsequential other than you know their beautiful backdrops uh, and they change obviously where they go um, so in the trip to Italy they based the tour off of this thing that happened in the 17th mid 19th century to 17th to the mid 19th century called the grand tour, which was these upper-class young European men, um, obviously with some sufficient means to do this trip, uh, you know, they would take this trip from usually from Europe down to Italy and they would, you know, eat and learn and uh, you know, read poetry and learn about art. And, you know, so that was a little bit of how it was based off um, for the trip to Italy Um and then the trip to Spain, I believe, uh, was th- 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 all, all the films are, th- there's some impetus for them. There's a article or there's a magazine article or there's something that's, you know, why are they going on these trips? And eventually they're going to, you know, write these travel guides or something, uh, you know, that you never really see. <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of behind the scenes, like what, how, they, how they happen.
0: With the trip to Italy, does it? Do you think? Did you feel like it? They it feels like they've kind of honed the the style that they're that they're going for a little bit more. Like the original trip, they're sort of figuring out the movie. Obviously, the movies themselves are a, a sort of condensed version of a series that they that, that uh-huh. they produce. I'm not sure how many episodes the series is, but the, they then you know re-edit all that footage into a feature-length film. But to me, it does feel like their ability to improvise and work with each other grows over the course grows tighter over the course of the of of the movies together
1: well i think that they are obviously you know they've had you know there's a few years between each one so you know i think obviously maybe they've gotten closer as as friends they've definitely experienced the first series and they can kind of like you know look back and what worked what didn't work and you know what are the what what are the, the the things that we do that that are the most appealing or, you know, that so they're definitely honing in on something. I'm sure, you know, a lot of it has to do with how they edit them together too. Um, but I've, I've never seen the, the individual episodes of the, of the, uh, of the trip series, which are on BBC and uh, the original was on BBC and then they moved over to Sky. Um, but yeah. So I, I think that, uh, you know, definitely the, the editing uh, they figured out that part and I assume making them became easier over time because you kind of figure out what works.
0: You know, you said that, uh, they've, their, their friendship has developed over the course of the movies, but, okay. uh, in actuality, <laughs> Rob Brydon has said integrated. about Steve, <laughs> yeah, has said about Steve Coogan work wise. He's terrific. On a personal level, he's appalling. <laughs> oh okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie coffee and cigarettes, uh, Steve Coogan has this really funny part where he's talking to this other actor and the actor is not as famous as him. And so it's kind of like this pompous, like, oh, you know, why am I meeting with this guy? And, you know, and then he, he gets a call and he's like, oh, Spike you know he's like oh it's like and then he's like oh you talked to spike lee he's like no that was spike jones and then and then you see like like him just like his eyes light up and he's like oh this guy knows spike jones i could get in i could know spike you know and then there was finally like just like the other actor was like no i'm out of here you know like you're obviously uh so there's definitely that like he has that vibe uh in, in a lot of his uh work
0: and i think he 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 also kind of plays up that vibe in the in in the in his parts too like not just in uh coffee and cigarettes but in 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 the trip it, like we were saying before his entire character is his his valid his his value to himself is based off of his his career and his yep. his success that's why his relationships have kind of failed uh he doesn't have the greatest relationship with his like he clearly loves his son in the films but he's kind of absent at the same time and every film kind of wraps up with Rob having a good life and Steve having a (laughs) fucked life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could, you know, probably the more you work together too is uh, you know, because Steve is probably similar to his character. Like exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm sure they have some, uh, they've, the more you work with someone like that, the more you're probably not going to want to spend too much time outside of that with them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like, uh, there's an element when they, when they say goodbye at the end of the movies, they're just, they're just kind of like, all right, see ya, call you some other time. There's no real, like, like a whole like you know that was a wonderful trip and i yes. love, I love you. like i let's, think at the, let's have
1: dinner together next week
0: yeah i think at the <laughs> end of the first one doesn't steve like drop him off and then just yeah. go yeah okay bye and drives away <laughs> like as rob is trying to say bye yeah okay bye just drives off right
1: probably have this like oh that was really special it was nice to do and then he's like bye okay
0: uh great. and then his wife is like rob's wife is like how was steve and he goes eh, you know steve <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I do know. I do know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, like I said, I really, uh, I, I like this movie because I really relate to those two versions of a of of a person. You know, like the sure. or of a of a man, like the guy who's kind of a little obsessed with validation and 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 his career and wants to make something, and then the other guy who also just wants to be a big, open hearted, loving person and knows how to do that. Um, Because that is a thing that comes with practice and something that you have to learn, whereas Coogan's character and maybe Coogan himself just does not have those tools. Um, And you sort of see him suffer because of it.
1: Right. It takes way more work to be someone like Rob than it is to be someone like Steve. Steve is just like, it's about me. Yes. what's, What's good for me? What am I doing? How can I be better? How can I you know, be more important. And Rob is just really open-hearted and, you know, wants to get to know people and is, you know, an intellectual and reads and calls his family and loves his, ch- his child. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a lot more work to put in, you know, to care about other people. And uh, I think you see it on display pretty well here.
0: I really love um, the Ben Stiller cameo in the trip to Spain, <laughs> which is sort of like uh like clearly Ben Stiller showed up for an hour tops like tops like the shot is set up it's a one it's a one take shot and Stiller just delivers this monologue as a sleazy hollywood agent uh, and then walks off camera. And, like, I mean, he could have gotten out of his car, walked over, improvised it, and walked walked back into his car. That's the kind of cameo it is, and I, I love it. I mean, it's also the kind of cameo that Stiller has just been doing for years and knows exactly how to play.
1: Yeah, no, there's, a, there's a lot of good moments like that. Um, obviously not with, you know, super famous people like Ben Stiller, but um, the impersonations are so yes. funny, and they're such, like... You know, just them going back and forth and the way they, you know, devolve into other, you know, it's just, you know, you just, it's fun to be a fly on the wall with these two really amazing, you know, actors, you know, really, you know, showing their chops.
0: You know, what's interesting about those impersonations is that when you watch the trailer for the movie, you know, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch like a couple impersonators, like do funny impersonations. But what's really funny and interesting about these impersonations is that, Coogan's character doesn't really want to do them, but he can't help but get into it and do them with Rob. And the impersonations themselves become this idea of Rob being more comfortable with himself and open. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't care if he's lame and he just likes to do that. And Coogan, it's like a way of pulling Coogan out of himself is getting to do these impersonations. Like when I was watching the trailer before I started watching the movie, my my girlfriend was like, I don't really want to watch these. It just she would never seen them, and she's like, I don't really want to watch these. I don't, I don't want to watch these like old old guys do Pacino impersonations. It looks really annoying. Right. And then she started watching it, and she started loving the impersonations and laughing. And I don't think her laughter was based off of the impersonations being specific or even you know whatever context they're jokingly putting a Pacino impersonation into. It becomes more about the push and pull of doing these impersonations that becomes. So funny! It's really smart how they turn their gift for impersonating people into uh, like sort of aspects of the characters themselves. Really smart the way that the movie does it each time.
1: And there, there's the, definitely a point where I guess there was a show called Spitting Image that. Steve was on that. that is I think a lot of just impersonating other people like Mick Jagger and you know big people Prince Edward whatever and you know there was a point where it's like yeah I did that you know I did that for five years on Spitting Image I don't need to you know like I already did the impersonation thing and so right you know it's kind of like a you know giving him you know giving him a piss or whatever I don't know the the correct English Take, term taking the piss taking the piss out of him yeah exactly
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love these films, and uh, I apparently they're done making them, and uh, you know they they've said that they I'm don't sure. really they don't want to do them with each other anymore. But I I think they should keep going. I don't know. It's <laughs> like I I could every few years I could watch these two guys goof off, and then Steve Coogan have a minor personal tragedy at the end of the movie. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, the end of the trip to Spain without giving it away is so funny. <laughs> like, like the tragedy that befalls him at the end of the trip to Spain is so absurd. And I, I just did not see coming uh, at all.
1: And that's that said, we have the first three, you know, we have the first three on the platform the the trip, the trip to Italy and the trip to Spain. And then, uh, there's a new one that just came out that uh, or came out recently called the trip to Greece that, uh y'all should totally watch too
0: yeah absolutely Um, they're all great and that's what I mean like sure they're done making them and maybe they've said quote unquote said what they had to say I mean I don't know why they would have to attribute that to this series of movies but just keep doing it guys it's fun just keep making these movies for me
1: yeah go go You're actors go go, you know do your job come on
0: yeah go do the job and make the funny movies (laughs) Entertain me, monkeys! Come on. Oh my god. Um, well, Jared, uh, thank you so much. I'm glad that we got to talk about these uh, films from the Food for Thought collection. And again, I'm really glad that I got to watch these trip movies. There's something I've been meaning to jump into for a long time, and you know, this podcast and the, the Curio platform really gave me the chance to do that. Just like every month, there's always something new that I get to I get to pull out and watch, and and uh, something that I've seen before that I love as well. Yeah,
1: thanks. I appreciate it. It's a a fun collection. And uh, we have some more food programming coming in the new year, too.
0: All right, great. Well, thanks, Jared. Thanks a lot,
1: Ricky.